following program is intended for mature audiences. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It is Monday and it's time for the Sunday review of the mainstream media. August 21st, welcome to the podcast. A lot to get into today, but we're going to stick with Maui. Apparently, there is evidence that there were multiple wildfires and that the original fire was put out. And then the fire departments were taken somewhere else. Apparently, there were more wildfires. And I just don't buy... uh, I don't see the video anymore online about the supposed... Um, electricity, electrical wires uh, causing fires, uh, it seems to be at night. And then the video that everybody's pointing to sees the transformer explode and then pans away and then comes back and there's a fire burning. So that interim there where the camera pans away for some reason doesn't make any sense to me. I'm still going with my original thoughts that it was arson because now even the mainstream media is is leaning towards electrical failures. Uh, They're going with that, but that puts BlackRock apparently on the hook and Hawaiian Electric. So today uh, we're going to hear from Hawaii Governor Josh Green, who tells Face the Nation that the failure of the Maui Emergency Management Agency administrator was utterly unsatisfactory to the world. We know that, of course. And also, uh, more than a thousand people remain missing on Maui, so we're gonna hear, I think it's way more than that, as as I said uh, previously. Um, I think it's way more than that, but we're gonna hear a report also from Face the Nation from uh, Jonathan Vigliotti, who leans into a lot of the facts that we're concerned with, which this was allowed to happen. It was a lie hop. And even the mainstream media has to lean into that, um, which seems to be covering for something else. So all these things is still an array of deceit. So, which means what are they hiding? If they're admitting to X, then they're hiding Y. So what is Y? I believe it was arson. So, and I'll talk a little bit more uh, more about that coming up. So let's uh, tear into the Sunday New York Times. All right, first up, this isn't even from Sunday. This is from today. Hawaii, Hawaiian Electric was warned of its system fragility before wildfire. The utility knew it needed an upgrade, its equipment, but did not make changes that would have reduced risks of fires, energy experts say. And I'll just read the lead here by Ivan Penn and Peter Favis. Hawaiian Electric has known for years that extreme weather was becoming a bigger danger. Extreme weather... And this is also what I wanted to say here is they keep lean, they wanted to lean into climate change with this disaster. They created this disaster so they could get the native Hawaiians off this very valuable land so the rich elite can come in and, and use it for either resorts or for estates or what have you. But they wanted to get the natives off this land and the natives didn't want to get off the land, the native Hawaiians, because it was an ancestral land that was very sacred. 
So now you see basically the same thing happening to the Hawaiians that um, the early settlers of the West were doing to the Native Americans. The company did not did little to strengthen its equipment and failed to adopt emergency plans used elsewhere around the rich neighborhoods, like being prepared to cut off power to prevent fires, which is a standard thing in high winds, particularly. Particularly if you have evidence that uh, down power lines are starting fires, immediately they will they'll cut off the, fire, uh, the electricity. Before the wildfire on Maui erupted on August 8th, killing more than 100 people, it's way more. It's way more than 1,000. I said several thousand, so we'll see. Many parts of the Hawaiian Electric's operations were showing signs of stress. The state lawmakers, consumer groups, and other county officials were saying that the company needed to make big changes. In 2019, Hawaiian Electric itself started citing the risks of fires. The company said that it was a year in studying how utility Utilities in California were dealing with similar threats. Exactly, that was happening. And this is all, it's about the go green when you stop um, clearing underbrush, doing clear cuts and, and cutting back from power lines in high winds, you're gonna get these fires. That's a whole, there's a whole point of forest management, which they stopped doing under green environmental reasons, which is stupid because then you get more wildfires and it's even more devastating. So I'm not gonna go into this whole article, but that was just from today, them admitting, so it looks like they're throwing Hawaiian Electric, uh, which is owned by BlackRock and I believe State Street under the bus. The next article up from the New York Times, it was an oasis for Maui elders. The fire brought terror and death. A 35-unit senior living complex in Lahaina may have been one of the first major buildings to burn down. At least two residents are among the dead. That's not as telling as probably 1,000 children or maybe be, maybe 500 children are dead. And if it's a mass shooting, it's, oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. If it's 16 children, but now it might be in the hundreds, Hundreds of children dead um, because of this LIHOP. This, uh, this is reported by Jack Healy before the fire. To, uh, they talk about senior living. And this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is this is a LIHOP that was allowed to happen. All the, you know, they could say, oh, it's just, a, it's a series of failures. And they always say this, it's a series of failures. It is a failure, but it was done on purpose. It's a lie hop. Let it happen on purpose. But I'm still leaning into arsonists because you have several wildfires starting all at the same time, which is unlikely to happen all because of downed electrical lines. And so the initial fire was put out purportedly, and then the fire department left, supposedly to fight other fires. So we... That is where to start investigating at the beginning. The initial fire was put out and then the fire department left to go where? Where were the other fires? You have to map out where the original initial fire was and where the other fires started. Was it at night? Was it the night before? Because the, the video everybody's showing is down power lines and who knows if it's on Maui at night. And I thought the fire started during the day, actually in the morning. And just to zip do some of the headlines here in the New York Times, in Europe, few even want to talk about Trump part two. The original headline in the 
Newspaper was EU leaders confront a terrifying prospect, the return of Trump. And so uh, the subhead here reads, the prospect of second presidential term for Donald J. Trump as many officials worried about alliance cohesion, NATO, and the war in Ukraine. Of course, because he wants to stop the war in Ukraine. And you could see that it's a conspiracy of elites throughout the world, Western elites in particular, that want to try to stop populism. Because you see the same thing happening in Europe, in South America, and in America. And everybody... Oh, the establishment wants to stop that because what is the biggest threat against the elite? Well, it's populism. Of course, it's the opposite. Steve Erlanger reports for most European governments, it is almost too upsetting to think about, let alone debate in public, but the prospect that Donald J. Trump could win the presidential nomination for the Republican Party and return to the White House is a, is a prime topic of debate and discussion. It's slightly terrifying. Oh, oh no, oh no. Republicanism. Oh no, democracy at work. We don't want that. Next story up is peak China post-dynasty version. We live in many peaks. If cultural commentators have it right, we have reached the peak TV, peak avocado, peak fish, even peak peak. But now China is getting the peak treatment in political science circles and the news media. Here's what we mean. Peak China refers to the hotly debated concept that China has reached the height of its economic power. Uh, that's the the reason they're only the reason they're saying this is because China has gone rogue. They agreed to play ball for about thirty years now, um, but they double crossed the West again and don't want to be part of the new world order. They want to be the new world order, and so. Uh, there is some threat from the West to try to pull uh, pull the leash in a little bit for China, and China doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So if China uh, has their way, they want to keep growing economically, obviously, but the West is going to cut off the fuel for that economic growth. Uh, we'd like to do that, obviously. We want to decouple from China, but a lot have, has been waged. A lot has been spent on getting China to be the manufacturing hub of the world, basically put upon or, or, or foisted upon them by the West um, because of their engagement in slave labor or close to slave labor. Belief or betrayal, Ukraine's conscientious objectors face hostility. The option of alternative service vanished after martial law was declared last year, but some have refused to serve and now face jail time and skepticism about their motives, jail time. Like I said earlier, when they accused the Russians of of killing people in villages. It was actually the Ukrainian security forces that were killing people that were um, that were welcoming the Russians, not just welcoming the Russians, but uh, the people that were considered um, betrayers, spies, whatever, the people that um, helped the Russians in any way were killed. So they just say here in the lead, uh, well, I'll go down just a little bit. Ukrainians, as a cloak for pro-Russian sympathies or just fear, they raise questions about respect for human rights in a country up until the full-scale invasion allowed for alternative service on religious grounds. They also shed light on the delicate line between duty and principle. Principles 18 months into a bloody war. Like I said before, the people that cooperated with the Russians, collaborators they might have been uh, labeled, 
um, were murdered, and then those murders were pinned on the Russians. I'm not saying the Russians didn't uh, kill civilians, uh, but most of the civilians killed and that were buried in the woods and whatnot were done by Ukrainian forces because it was many, many, many days after those cities had been liberated that the Ukrainian security forces went around and it was apparently residents told on other residents that these people collaborated with the Russians. So that doesn't surprise me that now that they're jailing uh, Ukrainian young men who are sent to fight against the Russians, which are going to die. Hundreds of thousands of young Ukrainian men have been killed compared to tens of thousands of Russians. So we get into some tech news in the battle between bots and comedians. AI is killing. In the roast battles and stage shows, comics are experimenting with chat, GPT, and other models, but inspired stand-ups shouldn't fear for their jobs yet. Again, this goes in, I don't even have to go into the story. As I already said, is that chat, GPT, and um, AI are going to undermine uh, creative employment and administrative employment. Anything where you need to write, you know, journalism as well, anything where you're going to have to write or be creative, that chat GPT can do the same as well. Probably not, but it doesn't matter. Chat GPT is free and a human has to get paid. A human gets to go home at night. A human gets weekends off. A human gets paid vacation. A human needs health care. Et cetera, et cetera. You think corporations are going to pick the cheap alternative to increase the bottom line for their shareholders? Of course. And it's the stakeholders that invented AI for this very reason. Also, as we mentioned last week, San Francisco was allowing crews and other robot car taxis, robo taxis to, um, to increase their fleets around San Francisco. Now they have to cut it back by 50%. Because the robo-taxis are crashing and getting stuck. And not only that, but people are taking advantage of the driverless cars by doing uh, engaging in illicit activity and, and sorted activity in the back seats, including having sex. And that's a new, apparently it's a new TikTok challenge is how many, how many sexual encounters can you have in the back of a robo-taxi? But people are also shooting up heroin, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to end uh, the Sunday New York Times review with a guest essay in the opinion pages with the latest indictment of Trump, mind these lessons from the South. The actual headline in the newspaper, which they always change it online because the newspaper was too heavy. It was, in prosecuting Trump, mind these lessons from reconstruction. So what it does is in prosecuting the ex-president on spurious charges... Keep in mind Reconstruction. So basically what they're saying here is in Reconstruction, they allowed the racist South that prosecuted the Civil War and, and seceded from the Union to prosecute a Civil War is um, after the war was over, the, uh, the Southerners were allowed to come back into party, come back into government and, and, and as a ruling class reassume what they were doing before, only slightly modified. So what they're saying in this is they're comparing Donald Trump to the Civil War South and that uh, he's a racist and not to let him back into office like we let the Southerners back into government 
and to govern after the Civil War for Reconstruction because he's going to bring the same bad policies, racist policies. Well, none of this is true because racism didn't have anything to do with any of the policies, including the border and including uh, uh, blocking flights from certain countries that uh, were exporting terrorists or where terrorism was high or whatever, or to extreme the vetting or whatever. Uh, everybody on the left said, oh, this is so racist. It was racist. Not only was it not racist, it was also constitutional. And many people have a problem with increased uh, immigration. We just saw in Fargo, North Dakota, North Dakota a 2012 Syrian immigrant um, was shot, two police officers killing one, but was going to engage in a jihadist attack and was thwarted by police there. Um, and Syria was one of the places that Donald Trump blocked. So I digress a little bit. In any case, this is a stupid guess. Donald Trump is not the racist South uh, regaining uh, some aspects of power over the, after the Civil War. This is a president that was elected by the majority who was screwed out of the last election that wants to run again, and they're trying everything they can, like they did in 2016, to keep him from taking power, even though he's wildly popular. That's when democracy goes out the window again, right? Is because, oh, if democracy is electing someone we don't like, you know, we don't like democracy, but we won't say that. We'll just call everybody racist. And, you know, there's systemic racism in the U.S., and that's how Trump garners 53% of the electorate at, you know, 75, 80% of the Republican Party, the Republican electorate. Oh, no, no, no. We can't have Trump. There's no way to get Trump. So first it was, get you know, in 2016, it was getting rid of the electors from the um, Electoral College. Then it was trying to block people. Then I mean, it just went on and on and on. Then it was the impeachments and, and, the, and the Flynn and... and Flynn was part of the first impeachment, then the second impeachment about a phone call when, when Donald Trump was just trying to uncover the Biden family corruption, which is existing and getting uncovered as, as we speak. On and on and on. I mean, so why why people, there are people actually out there, we know why, it's, it's because of inoculation theory. Why people don't understand and they look at these all four indictments before a political, uh, you know, the leading political candidate right before a political uh, campaign and presidential election. Ridiculous. So we're going to get into Face the Nation and we're going to hear from uh, Vigliotti and we're also going to hear about the governor, <laughs> Josh Green, who is not a native, by the way. Um, and then I, I pulled up the transcript because I wanted to make sure that he talked about the fire response, but let's just get into the video so we don't um, waste too much time here. I know that there is debate out there of whether we should be talking about climate change or not. Come on. This is Front Street. Without a proper evacuation order, people in a desperate attempt to outrun the flames got into their cars and took to the road. But the fire quickly caught up and you could see the desperation and how these cars are lined up. We're talking dozens as far as you can see. Many tried to flee into the ocean, 
while Governor Joshua Green described the firestorm that swallowed Lahaina as a bomb going off. There was a very long fuse as the fire burned in brush for nearly two hours before exploding, spreading a mile a minute. The state attorney general announced an investigation into Maui County's response before, during and after the disaster. And on Wednesday, CBS News learned the man in charge of activating the sirens intentionally did not. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I, I do not. And the reason why and so many people said they could have been saved if they had time to escape. Had a siren gone off, they would have known that there was a crisis emerging. The sirens, as I had mentioned earlier, is used primarily for tsunamis. The explanation given by Herman Andaya, head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency, was defended by the mayor and governor what? until survivors and the world weighed in. Do you think had those sirens gone off, it could have saved lives? Absolutely. I, I don't think I know. There is mounting anger as more questions go unanswered. Did downed power lines cause the blaze? And why weren't they deactivated? Also, why did it take up to three days for help to arrive after the fire? There's an airport right up the road. Why isn't that being used? There's an ocean front 20 feet from our lobby. Why are we not using that? In what is now the deadliest wildfire in modern American history, but demands for more accountability. Uh, there are going to be people that are lost uh, forever. What? And right now we're working obviously with the FBI. And Large number of the dead may have actually been children who were left home that day because schools were closed, many of them alone. We've been discussing, there are now a lot of questions about all of the policies and procedures. Um, you know, the National Weather Service had issued a fire watch for your state August 6th, a few days before the fire hit. With the siren system, um, you said to CNN on Monday and again on Tuesday that you believe some of the sirens were broken. What? When did you learn they weren't fully functional? I wish all the sirens went off. The challenge that you've heard, and it's not to excuse or explain anything, the challenge has been that historically those sirens are used for tsunamis. I know that there is debate out there of whether we should be talking about climate change or not. Yeah. Well, let's be real, world. Climate change is here. We are what? in the midst of it with a hotter planet and fiercer storms. And you asked the question, I'm coming back to it right now. Do I wish those sirens went off? Of course I do. And I think that the answer that the, um, the emergency administrator from Maui who's resigned said was, of course, utterly unsatisfactory uh, to the world. We've had multiple small fires, uh, some on Oahu, some on Big Island, of course, more on Maui, even in the days since the fire. And the firefighters, I want to thank them. They've been heroic in this uh, period of time. Mm -hmm. There has been scrutiny of the largest utility, Hawaiian Electric, because there were images, I know you know this, um, of power lines possibly starting fires. Last year, that company had proposed an upgrade um, of the grid with Lahaina as a priority area and suggested a rate hike to do that. Do you know why that didn't happen and if that contributed? Come on. I don't know personally whether or not the, the power lines uh, were the, the primary reason the fire occurred. It's not to excuse anything else from any yeah. company. It's just to explain what the world should prepare for. What? Just to be clear, when you're talking about global warming, are you saying that climate change amplified the cost what? of human error? Yes.
It did. What happened, I'm told by some of the survivors, they were at the initial fire. It was put out sometime late in the afternoon in Lahaina. What? And then the firefighters had to go to three other fires that had started what? because of the conditions. Blow job! When they left, the fire stirred up again. And then when the storm winds from Dora, which were that strong, yeah. swept it out, it just destroyed everything. I know that there is debate out there of whether we should be talking about climate change or not. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't believe it at all. And then recently there was a, from Lahaina, there was a, a freelance reporter trying to get news off the island and he was confronted by an Antifa, looked like an Antifa guy who interrupted his interview with Steve Bannon on uh, The War Room. Very, very strange. And the year before, three arsonists were arrested uh, on Maui for trying to start fires. So, um, not to mention all the uh, all all the powers that be trying to buy up the land from the residents there, offering tens of millions of dollars, and the people refused. And so you put all these things together, and it, it seems like a lie hop. Uh, who knows how the fire started? What weren't electrical companies? Let, you know, you could obviously allow this to happen. The power wasn't cut. You don't trim the trees back. You just let the wind do its thing. But there was some culpability there uh, in the response. So I mean, whether it was the fires were actually set by arson, you know, whether the emergency response was culpable, I think it certainly was. But the town was meant to burn down completely. Number one, and number two, the response was completely inadequate, particularly to keep help getting to the people that want to stay and want to reclaim their properties. Um, and that's the whole point why people are coming out. They're keeping the media out because there are hundreds of children that perished and they don't want that to be the headline because then you know, people are, are, are more critical and obviously want to blame somebody if hundreds of children are dead. They want to blame people. So they don't want the fact to get out that I think it's going to be several thousand dead, um, more, more than a thousand. But I think a lot, you know, hundreds of children perished. So I think they don't want that to get out because there'll be more scrutiny. And so, and they're throwing up a Hawaiian electric um, is, is what we discovered that it may be the cause and who knows if we discovered it on purpose or, or not. I still say arson, I'm sorry. Because there were several fires burning. Did they all start by down power lines? And that one video they show is at night and then the camera pans away, you see the transformer explode, then the camera pans away and it pans back and then you see the fire. I, I don't buy it. And then now that video was gone from the internet because people want to scrutinize it a little further. Um, and they knew which way the wind direction was going. And they had several hours to prepare people. You know, There was no warning. Anyway, that's it for me, Rudy's Revelation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow me on social media, leave a comment down below, and I'll see you tomorrow.
Don't forget to check out my other website, libpop.org. Learn about libertarian populism, political movement that could change the world. See ya.